What's for lunch? T-double-B-L-C. Stay in your seat. What's for lunch today? Welcome back, Brown folks. Bag Lunch this is Crew. TWBLC off for a week uh, for vacation purposes of myself, Curtis Quinn, down in Destin, Florida. And I'm here with my co host, as always, Drew Luster. Drew, what do we got for the day, Wednesday, October 7th? That will be the correct day indeed. Good job, Kurt. Glad to be back, as always. Um, hope everybody missed us in just the, the most strongest of ways. So we're back. Wednesday, October 7th is not one of my favorite days, but I presume it's going to be a fan favorite and, and definitely one of Curtis's all-time favorites. Oh, It's chocolate-covered pretzel day. Oh, okay. I know. I thought I you were going to wh- say National Chocolate Milk Day when you said chocolate. Whew. So I don't. I don't know what the brand is. There's a specific company or what's the ones that you eat all the time? What are they called? Flips. Flips, yes. Now, um, a little backstory. Historians document the story of the chocolate covered pretzel quite well. Um, it didn't really start till the 1500s. And at that time, a lot of people thought the pretzels would just become a soggy mess. And nearly 300 years later, Kurt, Coenrad Joannes van Houten developed a process to separate the cocoa solids from the butter. And in 1828, he successfully enlightened the candy revolution with the versatile chocolate pretzel that we know today. Inspirational. Truly. 300 years ago. That's. Yeah. We're talking uh, 1720. So before before the United States was even a thing, what are they called again? Flips. Flips. So go get yourself a bag of flips. Maybe tomorrow have a handful as a little snack and celebrate. Absolutely. Well, with that over, let's uh, hop right in. It's one of the the better weeks for us content wise. Usually, it's typically it's yeah. hate week this week. Our viewers uh, have sent in a few here. And we'll, we'll get this thing rolling with fan submissions first, and then we'll get into ours. Uh, if you want to start off on your side of the house on Instagram. Yeah. So two for me. This one is very popular, I think, in this day and age, especially with everybody trying to go green and eliminate plastic and blah, blah, blah. It's paper straws. Jason Ladoff said the absolute effing worst. I know he's very passionate. I know he's actually, I think, stopped going to Dunkin' Donuts altogether or just brings his own straws. Hey, uh, with you that, know how he can be. With that, we got to put a fraud alert on there, right? Because he, I, I've been told by Connor that he said he would never go to Starbucks. He'd always be a Dunks guy. And now he's doing Starbucks just because yeah. Dunks might have put a little paper straw That is in a there. little bit fraudulent because I do recall him walking into the office last week with a Starbucks cup. Oh, I, I hear is strictly a Starbucks guy now. I think mainly because of his hate of the week. So call it fraudulent, call it, you know, you hate the turtles, call it what you want, but Jason Lanoff hates paper straws, as do I typically, especially in a milkshake, I'll say. Um, 
those things can be a little bit thick and a little, you know, take a little bit to drink. And some, if that paper straw is sitting in that beverage for more than 45 seconds, it's completely going to disintegrate. So I, I couldn't really agree more with that one. I disagree. I don't mind them. I've only had them a couple of times. I think the brewery was my first and I just got a Coke and it was fine. I think I used it. I think I actually, if you were there, I think I brought that uh, paper straw over to the hotel and drank a couple of rum and Cokes with it. That's the most asinine thing I've ever heard. Because I, because Jason was taunting me, I think. Uh, so about, it was just, yeah. It was out of spite, but it wasn't like it, it held paper. form all night. Mm-hmm. Well, shout out to the brewery, Cape Ann Brewery, quality paper straws, allegedly. Yes. What do you got for your other one? My other one is going to kind of tie into to what mine is going to end up being a foreshadow per se. But Pat from last year says, getting out of bed in the morning when it's cold in your room, it is just now, we are in full swing for that right now. And it is absolutely horrendous because depending on how early you wake up, obviously it's going to vary. It's it, it could potentially be dark out, and you're going to get out of that bed or at least lift even a finger out from under that blanket, and it is going to feel like the Alaskan frontier, everybody, everywhere else outside of that blanket. It is, It makes waking up in the morning so much worse, especially for me. I'm kind of a psycho. At this point, I'm still leaving my window open, so if it drops to, like, you know, 40s at night, I'm in trouble when I wake up. Yeah, and... It also, I think, helps when you wake up in the middle of the night or something like that, and you just got to get a little warm again, like a, yeah. I don't oh, even know, I know exactly what you're talking like about. a little caterpillar in his cocoon. You just got to like nestle up again. Yeah. yeah, and then you fall right back asleep, like no problem whatsoever. Immediately. So yeah. there's there's two sides of the coin to that, Patrick, but uh, nobody wants to get up in the morning, whether I'm hot, cold, or whatever. It doesn't nope. matter. All right. The few others we had... Uh, we did have one that we've kind of mentioned before, but Sabrina Mayshall tossed on there. When people chew with their mouth open. And I believe we've talked about this, but we talk specifically about when sounds emanate from the person eating their food. Uh, but this goes without saying. I think that's 100%. Oh, yeah. Nobody likes it. I mean, how could you sit no. at the dinner table, whether it's sound or if you're just seeing, you like know. Somebody bite the fork. That's a big one for me. And they're just like, oh. Oh God! Well, yeah, and, and I'm thinking like you see like shepherd's pie and somebody's. somebody's oh my God! Or like that. a beef stew. Something yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. I get no, him No, thank you. And then <laughs> the last one we got on there for fan submissions today is gonna be from Mary Eunice on behalf of her fiance. Congrats, Mary and Pete. But Pete Burnham says tourists on the back shore is his hate of the week. And I am assuming this is talking about when the tourists are driving extremely slow on the back yeah, shore. Like sub five miles an hour. And him being a, what street is that? Uh, a Grapevine Road member. Uh, resident, yeah. Resident, yes. That's probably a little infuriating if you're coming home from work. But That's a tough one. At the end of the day, Pete, you got to take in that view. Yeah. Or you just go up East Main Street and you say, screw it. I don't want to take the view. And you just you shoot right down the middle. Or I, you, I give them the old, you give them the old illegal pass on one of the straightaways. You got to be uh, yeah, you could. a little tactical on that one, though. Ballsy move. I haven't done it myself. But if you're that frustrated, I can see it happening. Since, they're, 
we've we've talked about one fraud of the week, Jason Ladoff on his switch from Dunkin' Donuts to Starbucks. Uh, let's let's hop into every well everybody's. I'm gonna say a couple of the submissions in your fraud of the week as well. Yeah, so I saw John Philpot, I saw Billy, I saw myself as well. Um, throw out there that Brian Hoyer, Patriots, second string, probably now third string quarterback, um, is their fraud of the week. And I would agree with that. I think if Belichick was basing the decision on Hoyer starting last night solely on his veteran experience, he knows the playbook, the fact that he's been there before and he can make those, you know, game management type decisions in crunch time to to not hurt us, maybe not help us, but you know, you know, maybe not turn the ball over, take care of the ball, et cetera, et cetera. You know how that goes. And, you know, I thought, you know what? He's probably right. Stidham may not be ready. He may be making a few mistakes. Maybe Hoyer's just the vanilla game manager that we need in a hostile environment to keep it close, which he was up until you know, last play of the first half where he forgot that he didn't have a timeout. Um, hopefully knew that he couldn't take a sack there to cost us between three and seven points and then took the sack after being able to throw the ball away and then attempted to call a timeout that he didn't have um, and then followed up right on the next drive, right out of the locker room. Um, I believe it was a three and out and then Drive after that, it was the strip sack, again, in the red area, I believe, at the 13-yard line, where just negative pocket presence gets stripped, costs us another three to seven points. So between six and 14 points on three drives in a row consecutively that he costs us, where, you know, you got to give credit to to the defense. And I'm also going to call Jake Bailey. Hell of a game from Jake Bailey. Hitting absolute bombs where he needed to. Kept us close through the second half, and – you know, it, who knows if you pick up a field goal there or a touchdown on either one of those drives, it might be a different game. Um, but because of that, he's my fraud of the week. I think he should have known better. If he's a veteran quarterback and he knows the playbook, then he should have some pocket presence and awareness of timeouts, uh, you know, all of that stuff. I'll agree with you on the fact that he has been in the league for so many years now and the the fraudulence I think that you should key to is the fact that he was, you know, unaware enough to take the sack in that scenario and think he had a timeout. Like those are all things that are unforgivable. Maybe right? Belichick's a fraud for playing him. Correct. I don't know. So that's where I was gonna go, Drew. Because like that's what I'm thinking. At the beginning of Brian Hoyer, like he's he's actually now that I think of it, Kurt, I don't mean to say your thunder, but he's actually I don't think Brian Hoyer is a fraudulent one. I think Belichick is for thinking that he could manage the game and thinking Correct. that he could not cost us points in the red zone. Remember earlier in the in the seasons of podcasts when we said we would not watch a game that Brian Hoyer started? We said we I, I'll tell you, I, I wasn't paying attention as closely to that game as a normal Patriots game because at the end of the day, I knew there was just not a chance that we could hold on for dear life. You knew life. the floodgates would open. You knew I was, and I was excited when Stidham came in just to say, you know what, there is like there is a chance of good play or you know a chance of winning an unknown factor. Yeah. But when you put Brian Hoyer in, you know. You know what you're going to get. You know you're not, well. You know you're not beating the Kansas City Chiefs at home. Doesn't like You're just not yeah. beating them anywhere. No, I agree completely. 
So that's where I would have went with the the fraud of the week would be the fact that you went into a game starting Brian Hoyer and thinking you had a chance to win, I guess. Yeah, and, and you know. look at the stat line and people are going to argue, oh, Stidham wasn't that much better. But when you think of – when you actually watch – the tape i think i mean he delivered a great fade to harry got us within three points in the third quarter which is huge yep and i mean at the end of the game he he threw i mean that ball by adelman has to be caught i'm not going to kick the shit out of adelman just because everybody else is and i'm sure he feels bad enough but that ball by adelman needs to get caught that's not on not on and Stam. you're pressing and then, towards the end of the game they got to throw they're down yeah, two scores and then the now. second one he kind of yeah. sailed it and you know down two scores just chucking it up trying to make a play so I don't see a way that if Cam is not ready to play, that Stidham doesn't start against Denver. So here's the thing, too. Uh, once they picked up Cam, this was floated around in our school group mm-hmm. text that Stidham gave up on the season, yada, yada, yada. Well, when you when he's downgraded to a number three behind Hoyer at number two, he's probably getting a lot less reps, even than Hoyer, than obviously yeah. Cam's getting the most reps. And... When you got Hoyer, who's in front of you playing at the number two, that's got to yeah. be pretty demoralizing. No doubt about it. I think, yeah, you know, there's been talk in the media and on friggin' 98.5 and whatever else on Twitter about Stidham, like you said, basically accepting defeat per se. You know, here's the job, Cam. Not looks like he wasn't really fighting through it. He might have opted out of some optional workouts, might have had an injury, whatever it is. Like you said, the unknown factor is what got us excited in the fact that there's absolutely zero tape on the guy. And I think that's why you got to go with him for for Denver. You Like you said, you know what you're going to get with Hoyer. It was like pulling teeth even on third and four, like thinking, oh, my God, he's either going to get a strip sack or throw a pick six. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. My vote is Stidham if Cam isn't ready. Yep. Well, we'll move on from the Pats game there. Uh we don't have to talk about that much more. We've kind of went over it. Any others in the NFL that you want to hit on this week for our sports, sports, sports segment? Yeah, I mean, first, I got two. My first one is uh, Atlanta and Green Bay. Um, I'm going to drag a little bit of fantasy into this. Calvin Ridley with zero points for me and, and Matt Ryan with sub, I think, 20, maybe 15. Yep. Horribly disappointing performance from them. And the entire team, to be honest. I don't know how Dan Quinn still has a job right now at this hour. I it, it completely – I don't know what's going on. So he needs to go. I mean – Especially he, with Bill O'Brien, Mr. GM, getting fired. Yeah, too. just just crazy. So the Falcons are another one of those fraudulent teams who on paper coming into the year looked great, and they just can't seem to even buy themselves a touchdown. So um, – that was fun to watch. And the second one, which we actually watched together, was the uh, Cowboys and Browns. That was a hell of a game. Browns almost somehow attempted to, to blow them, blow that game for themselves. But Correct. That was probably one of the best ones we've seen so far this year, toe-to-toe, high-scoring, fireworks, See, back and I, forth. I totally disagree. I just think it's such a, a piss-poor effort by the Browns defensively in that second half. You know? Oh, Sure taking the I mean, the yeah. idea that hey we're just gonna sit back we're gonna let Dak throw on like us 500 for yeah 400 plus yards what it felt like in the second half yeah. and actually make this a game and try to bleed the clock out it yeah. it was you know similar to 
Atlanta in the Super Bowl of just there. It felt like there was too much time yep. and that they were inevitably going to keep scoring because it the was Browns unbelievable to watch. It was an avalanche nothing. in the second half. Yeah. But with that said, how bad is that Dallas defense? Oh my God. Putrid. They like, they made that Browns offense look like the best it's been in look about like the Chiefs. 30 years like the Chiefs since, since like. who was it? Jim Brown was on that team. Yeah. It's that defense. I, I know they're banged up a little bit, but Oh my God, like play with some ball for Christ's sake. It's the Browns. You needed a couple stops and you couldn't even get one to try to, you know, complete the comeback. So that was just embarrassing. I agree. Um, I'm trying to look at any of the other games here that just stuck out and caught my eye. I don't think, yeah, I don't know of any other. That division, yikes. Oh Cowboys, my God. The Eagles. Eagles being oh, no, being 1-2-1 one, and, one, and leading in the, in the clubhouse is absolutely disgusting. Yep. Oh, <laughs> I almost forgot this. What? You're almost my fraud of the week, I think. You you may have become the first three-time fraud of the oh, week. Oh, here we go. With old Tommy Boy in the Buccaneers. Why is that? Well, it. it was, you know, the early pick six happened for Tom in that game, and there was a lot of a lot of hate being spewed in the Quinn household yeah, from you and my father. Oh, yeah. And Not hate. Well, yeah. I don't hate Tom Brady. I was throwing shade at him for the way he was playing. You were rooting actively against him. Yes. Okay. 100%. Yeah. And then he comes back and he has a great game. Five TDs, you know, 367 yards passing. Cool. Yeah. Looks really solid. I just like to point out the fact that you were also wearing one of his shirts uh, on your, your hike this past weekend. You're right. And, you know, <laughs> bravely posted it out there knowing that I would take you notice. Would come, you would come. Yeah, so here's the thing. First off, a little bit chilly, you know, fall weather. You're going to go with the long sleeve, okay. breathable material. Um, no free ads at all. For great great product, it sounds like. Um, long story short, when I'm, I'm going on a hike in the friggin' woods in New Hampshire, I'm just going to throw something on that I don't care if it gets mucked up, banged up, muddy, torn, tatted. I don't care. I'm going to wear something that I just – I'm not going to wear often that I don't really value as highly as my other – clothing item that's not what the pictures told i chose that piece of apparel to wear that is a just a load of baloney get <laughs> out of town but anyways their their bucks offense finally looked like it it should have 100 yeah, even without godwin too without godwin and they're a little banged up even that, by the way well so, evans was a little banged up that whole game it seemed played like on one leg and still was just balling out so so that was pretty oh, that pretty gutsy from him uh, just looking saints go on to win 35, 29 against the lions. Yep. The lions, they just find a way to lose every week. That team's not that yeah, bad. I mean, I, I, I've liked Matt Patricia for a long time, but I don't think he's going to be the answer there. They, he, he seems to have lost that team already well, a year and a half in. So, and they're pretty damn talented on paper too. Like, I just don't know how they, they can't buy themselves a win. It's terrible. Yeah. And I, I did see the schedule. I think week six is when we get Green Bay uh, against the Bucks down in Tampa, which will be Ooh. one that I am particularly looking forward to. Yeah. Just going to be an absolute shootout. I'm not sold on Green Bay's defense being all yep. that great. Uh, the no. few the few good teams they've played, they've been able to put, you know, Minnesota put up how many? 40, almost yeah, 40 points. Yeah, if they get Devontae Adams back, I think that's the key, though. So we'll see. 
We shall see. As far as other sports world topics, basketball finals are going on. The Lakers yeah, are oh up my, two to wait, one. I got to say something about basketball finals. Okay. LeBron James last game, walking off the court with t- with ten some odd seconds left. He was within the five rotation. He was within the game playing. Ten seconds left. He just walks off the court in the tunnel, leaves his whole team. Nobody's checking in. So they have to stop the game because they need to finish the game with five guys. So the, the refs had to blow the whistle. They might have thought something's wrong. Like, why is he just running into the tunnel? Yeah. They had to stop the game, sub check somebody in, inbound the ball, and then keep the clock running to end the game. I was completely in awe. Like... Okay, yes, he is a phenomenal basketball player. Without a doubt, the best in the NBA by far, right? Yep. Nobody's questioning that. I'm questioning his character as a leader. The fact that he just walked off the floor in the NBA Finals. Selfish, some would say. Left his whole team there with 10 seconds left. Can't take a loss, clearly. And number two, I'm also hearing that Rondo actually had to have a, conversa- had to have a conversation with him last year because the young guys – feel like if they miss a shot they're gonna get absolutely demolished like you there's no that is not a healthy way to operate on a team where these young guys can't like feel like they can't play up to their potential and it just the way that rondo made it seem and i know take what i'm saying with a grain of salt because it's rondo but it makes it seem like lebron james is just a complete douchebag does that does that shock you though? Like no, based I'm just, off I'm just trying to further support my the idea that he's just a complete a hole and a horrible, horrible leader. Yeah. And nothing more than just a great individual basketball player. Agreed. I would take, you know I would base my your evidence of the Rondo uh claims, put it against all the interviews we've heard over the years. Oh my god. And you know, it's pretty easy to surmise that he's not like that great of a or a charismatic leader in the clubhouse. No. Doesn't really care about anybody other than himself type of deal. Nope. So that's not a shocker to me. And he's uh, a performer, too. He, it's, he's all about making a show of it. Yeah. Every time he doesn't get a call, he's going to scream and yell and run over the officials. I'm just sick of him. He is a such I'll just I'm not even I'm going to stop there. Do people hate Tyler Hero? Yes. I don't get it. I don't hate him. I think the Heat need someone like that in a series like this when they're playing Goliath. They need a guy who is going to make the faces. It's going to be intimidating. Yeah. Like Jimmy Butler and Hero and those types of guys are the types of guys that that's the reason the Heat are going to win this series. Not based on talent, based on the fact that they're not intimidated and they're going to still play cocky absolutely they'll put their chest out there on the line and, and i hated i saw one of the takes on twitter was like oh this is like the snarl of a guy who just went six for 18 blah 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 it's like the guy just hit one of the big shots of the game he's fired up it's not as if you know katie steph uh lebron and any of the big players if they were six for 18 and they hit a big shot at the end of the game it'd be the same thing they'd be doing the yeah. same exact thing oh, without a doubt Without a doubt. So, Anybody would. I, I, I'm starting to like him more because people are hating on, like, stupid shit. Yeah. So, he 
I mean, the kid's an absolute stud. Um, and like I said, that's what's going to get them through and nothing, somehow, some way. Nothing would give us greater pleasure than if the Lakers lost the oh series somehow. If the Heat somehow pulled us off, missing two of their best players for two games, I mean, that would be remarkable. I think they play tonight, and Bam's back, and uh, dra- what is it, Dragic, Dragic or whatever? Dragic. Yeah, I, I can't say it. I always get it. Dragic? I think it's Dragic. Dragic, yeah. He's uh, going to try to play too, so those are two big pieces coming back. And now we're a little, you know, confuzzled today. We didn't even give our hate of the weeks, but oh my god, we ran right over. Yeah, let's roll into those here. Yeah, so mine is similar to Pat Goss having to do with sleeping. When you wake up in the middle of the night and you're just completely parched, and you look over, and either there's no water glass there or it's empty, and okay. you just don't know if you should get up, face that cold you know, really wake yourself up and go fill up the water or just deal with it and try to fall back to sleep. That is, there's nothing worse for me, in my opinion. It, it is, it's a helpless feeling. Yeah, okay. That, uh, I'm not a big drinker of water or anything. Oh, in the I need it. Like every, at least twice I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm just like facing a glass of water, like chugging it. I think the only time that happens is if I've had a few to drink the night before and, and I wake up and I feel like I need some water. Yeah. But on a, on a normal sleep night, I'm not I'm not, not a big water guy. having anything next to the bed. Yeah, not not my style to say the least. Uh, for mine, it happened prior to vacay last week. I was in the gym, and I may have mentioned this before, but this one was the way worse than the the previous one that I mentioned. And it's coughing fits in the gym. Oh God, especially during a pandemic. I know. Well, Crazy. so. I, I if I previously mentioned it, it was just like one or two coughs. I don't think you did. I don't think you did. Okay, I might have mentioned it in my group chats, but the previous one was like one or two coughs, and it, you know it could have just been like something stuck in the throat. Yeah, spit down the wrong. No pipe big deal. Do. Yeah. Well, let, this guy came into the gym, uh, no no less than about thirty seconds into his workout of like on the bike and stuff. I'm talking like full on hack fest. Two three minutes, hacking it up. <laughs> and you oh, know God. i'm worried about i'm getting you like to wear a mask no oh no you don't you're no. in florida i'm in florida oh my god no oh, rules i'd be freaking out so and especially i was getting the the test the next day so i could come up to massachusetts and i'm like oh i gotta stay as far away as possible from this guy so yeah. then i i went over to the other room and ended up leaving after that cut cut the workout like a tad short short and didn't get to do everything i wanted to but it Consider was that a win for you though that is just ugh, get out of there as soon as you can screw that as you like that guy has to realize that's not acceptable right that's not even remotely acceptable like you gotta no. you and gotta go out and excuse yourself yeah like i don't think <laughs> i don't think that's something where if you if you're like literally 30 seconds into your workout on the bike and just hacking up that's not something that's just like, you know, athletically or like workout wise, like induced. No, that you're you've you woke up with that. Like, yeah. there's no reason that you should be going on a bike and ripping like cardio for an hour, and you think you're just gonna be fine. Like, that's just not really how the body works. So, that's on that guy. That guy might be my fart of the week for thinking he can go to the gym and pump cardio for an hour with one month. Yeah. And now this one's just a little oddball of a segment. I don't have anything else if you don't. Okay. But 
Connor recently got chickens in his backyard, so they're getting eggs from the the coop and stuff. Okay. And I was just thinking, and I, I mentioned this to Ken's in the car uh, on the way back from I don't even know where, maybe the driving range or something. Yeah. But, and I want to toss it to you too to see how befuddled you'll be. Okay. How the okay. hell do chickens make one egg like a day? They're eating like grass and pellets. I have not a clue. How does that like, you know what I mean? How does that egg become an egg? Like how is there yolk inside there? How does, if you don't, that's like, science. if you though, don't like, cook it, like a chick is made. That's wild. So like the chicken, chicken before the egg or egg before the chicken, whatever that argument's crazy. I just thought of like the science of actual eggs and I like, am how is an egg birthed bath? Like how does an egg come out and form with the shell and stuff? Correct. Like how does how does that happen? Like where does the in shell the come from? And Connor was saying they have like five uh, chickens or roosters. Or I I don't know what the difference there, but he's doing they're doing like eight eggs a day. So like one one or two depending on the depending on the hens. Maybe it's hens hens and roosters. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. a wild one though. If somebody knows the science behind that. Just let us know, because I got no no idea. It's a miracle, it sounds like. It truly might be. It's an autumn miracle <laughs> in the Harris household. Yep. I got something for you, Oddballish, completely out of left field. I saw it on Twitter today, I think. Okay. Are you in touch with like the Harry Potters at all, even remotely? Mm, I mean, I've watched all the movies. Okay, well, that's, what, that's all I need. Can you believe that Draco Malfoy yep. in Harry Potter. Okay. 32 years old. No, way more. No, not age. Oh. He was only in a total a total of 31 minutes of the entire Harry Potter franchise. Draco Malfoy was? That is the same as... That is two minutes above Ginny Weasley and Neville Longbottom. Draco Malfoy was only in for 31 minutes. Yes, Draco Malfoy was in the entire Harry Potter franchise for 31 minutes, which is two more, which is one more than Ginny Weasley and two more than Neville Longbottom. Isn't that the craziest thing to wrap your head around? That is insane. To me, it is. 31 minutes. That shows you how good of a character that was. Impactful. For, for us to notice it so much more than a Neville Longbottom. Right. Yeah, I that's... just can't wrap my head around it. Like when I think back, I mean, I haven't seen him on in a while, but I'm like, that kind of shocks me a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty crazy. I just looked up Harry Potter's age. Uh, the the actor who plays him, I'm blanking on a name. Oh, it's um. Oh, I have no effing clue. I can't think of it now. Yeah, I, I got what nothing either. I don't you know. Have, you're looking it up though. I know, but everything just says Harry Potter. I'm going to hear it and want to punch myself in the face, too. I'm looking at the face, too. Daniel Radcliffe. Yes! Daniel Radcliffe. Born in 1989. So he's, what, 31 years old? Seven years older than us. 31. I was close on the 32. Price is right rules, though. I'm out. I went over. Yep. 
All right. Well, I also thought of an invention this week. Okay. Mostly because I was cleaning my floor the other day, and I thought, like, how easy it would be maybe to have, like, an industrial-sized lint roller to clean my floors rather than having to, like, sweep. I like that. Like, something that you can extend out and just roll, and it just picks up crumbs and dust and shit. Yeah. Almost like... The, like a the old, the old carpentry longer. shop thing for the nails, you know, the big magnet, but yeah, only it's a mag- exactly only yeah. it's a lint roller. <laughs> I like that right along the floor. I don't know what else you could use it for. Probably nothing. You could use it for not rugs, really. I was gonna say I think you can because okay. you could because it's like a that's like a fabric like for clothing, similar to clothing where the lint roller works perfectly. Yeah, it just sticks to it just enough to get yeah. everything out of there. Exactly. Right. I like that. All right. Well, we'll move on to Drew's dad joke here. What do you got for us this week? It's brought to you by Gloucester Gear. We'll never forget Gloucester Gear. I don't even know. Oh, I found my old Gloucester Gear business? winter hat this this oh, weekend. Here we go. It was it's about time. Yeah. I mean, it was perfect weather for me to wear it uh, up in Gloucester. Yeah. Now I come back down here. It's got to get a little chillier for me to toss it on, but it's... It's quite the fashion. It's quite the hat. No doubt about it. Yeah. Um, so I thought about going on an all almond diet this week, but I figured that's just nuts. Okay. Yeah. I See, I forgot we were doing the dad joke completely, and I thought I you were just telling me that no. you were going on an almond diet. No, that's why I did it. Yeah. To catch you off guard and really get the true organic reaction of the joke. And Just I got, like you weren't expecting it. You weren't. Yeah. You couldn't brace yourself. I got a text and, it, and the brain was clouded. Yeah. And I like that. Okay. I did that. That was well timed. Well timed on my behalf, at least. Yes. And before we forget, Drew, we have to discuss the hood mile, the results, yeah. the conditions. We do indeed. You ran an unofficial hood mile, uh, yep. as as the committee has decided. A uh, yep, little yep. bit of a selfish decision. It was viewed as by the committee, you and Billy going out, you know, prior to the original slated time. Yeah. Maybe because you didn't want to deal with the massive crowds that were coming out, people yelling at you along the routes. You, you may never know, but we'll, we'll talk a little bit here about, you know, your time trial versus William. Yep. We had a, a few key matchups of the day. Yeah, so coming in, so me and Billy, that's been something that's been brewing for a little bit now. As you guys know, we've kind of, we've talked about this a little bit on the pod, and we've had our races. Typically, we're doing, you know, 40, 50, you know, maybe even 30 or 20-yard dash. Typically, just a flat-out sprint, you know, man for man, right right on next to each other. This was a little bit different. This was, I would say, less of a sprint. There's a little bit more strategy involved on when you got to pace yourself, because you really can't go 100% the entire way, given the the climate and environment that you're in. Yep. The pitches, the valleys, the turns, etc. And the biggest piece is that it's a time trial, as you mentioned previously, where the only motivation you have is within yourself. You you don't know, you know, it's not like me and Billy are run, running side by side, gunning for each other the entire time. We have no idea. So that's the most interesting part, I think, is is knowing when to turn it on, and you don't really have a clue where you stand until you cross the finish line, which is just the craziest part. So I ended up, I think, defeating William by four seconds, which 
in race standards, I would consider to be a pretty good margin. Uh, and, and that's unbiased completely. And yes, to your point as well, although it is unofficial, me and William decided, you know what, we want to get it over with before the games. We want to be in peak condition, athletic wear, no says eating us just yet. And uh, although it was unofficial, this was between Billy and I. And, you know, some will say, you know, you thought you were bigger than the hood mile. You thought you were bigger than the committee. William and I just say, you know, this is just a mano y mano type of race. And glad I could come out on top. I think it was telling there what, what you mentioned in there that you wanted to do it, you know, at your peak time, like what what suit, suited you guys athletically <laughs> and physically. Yeah. I think that's a, a lot of the you lose a lot of the luster per se in the no hood mile when you have to go run it at halftime. And guess what? Nobody wants to run it at that time. No, Nobody. it didn't seem like anybody did. And uh, I'd, I'd also be, I'd be remiss to not add the fact that there were some side effects, the, t- the little bit of the teeth chatter. For me, it was just catching my breath. I know Billy had to go relieve himself behind a dumpster. That was a first. First ever. Uh, yeah, first ever. Uh, yak. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll call it a yak. Right to the side of those $500,000 condos. Yep. No free ads. Maybe would have condo, <laughs> condo complex. Um, but it was a hell of a day. It was, it was very exciting. And then the benefit, I guess, of me and Billy running the unofficial time earlier in the day was that we could be the lead car and, you know, driver. And I, Billy was the driver. I had the GoPro and we got a little bit of footage, which I'm hoping will come out soon here. Cause it was, some of it was definitely electric. Yeah. We'll be trying to clip that up and maybe throw a little sound behind it. But Beautiful. to move on to the, the official races, you got to to see it all too. Uh, yep. Our our first matchup for the afternoon sessions was Kenzie versus Cal and man, oh man, was it just an absolute blowout of younger cousin Cal by Kenzie. A disappointment, some would say. What a, what a, not a sh- shocker, I would say, when, when I look back on it unbiased. Uh, really? But disappointing to say the least on, you know, Somebody who's supposed to be in their top physical form, you you would guess, in the in the college days, uh, yeah, has some free time on his hands. Just didn't look like he put in all that much effort, Drew. If we're being honest, yeah, I would say the hood mile from my experience two weekends ago is less about physical aptitude and capability and more about mental fortitude, grittiness, and strategy. And it seemed that from what I saw. Cal, from what I know, is a hell of an athlete, like you said, peak, you know, ideally in peak physical condition, may may not have pushed himself where he needed to, may not have let up where he needed to. Who knows? I mean, strategy is a huge part of it. Did he have a Sazit and a Budweiser before? Who knows? No, it was after. Afterwards was the Sazit. I don't know. I can't speak on that part, but if anybody knows Mackenzie Quinn, they know he is one of the grittiest of all in the land of Gloucester. And he, it doesn't matter what's in his stomach, doesn't matter how he feels, mustache, no mustache, he is going to get into those dirty areas and he's going to work his cojones off. And that's what he did. He almost died out there. He was on his back sucking wind. I thought we were going to have to call Addison Gilbert. (laughs) How was a performance? He literally left it all out there. He did. We can't leave that unsaid. That's true. 
And we can't leave this unsaid either. Uh, Trish ran the first ever inaugural women's race. She was the yes. champion, one of one. The but gender barrier has been broken, folks. It has. Uh, a time of 316, I believe. If not yeah. 314, I might be getting those times messed up. It was in the teens of the three minutes. Uh, but to put that in perspective, Cal was the only uh, male participant to not breach the two-minute barrier. Then on to, you know, the championship race, I like to think of it as. But I'll let you, right. I'll let you dictate it since you saw both contestants. Yeah, so this is one where I honestly, I figured if I was a betting man, I couldn't bet against Kurt just based on historical evidence that he will pretty much do whatever he has to do to win the race. It, it really doesn't matter. It's At that point, it's not about strategy or physical capability. I don't even know what it's about. He's digging to places that I'll never dig to, that I'll never even know exist. So I got to give props to Kurt. He... He pretty much gassed it from what I saw the entire time. And, and when I'm when right off of the, just the average Joe eye test, no time involved, you and Jim looked pretty close. You looked like you were pushing in the same areas. And I knew I knew that it would be close. I really did. And it ended up being pretty close. So it was about you, a second and a half spread, yep. So you know, the board got it right with the championship matchup. There was no debate about that part. Um, just a hell of a hell of a effort from both contestants. You know, we'll see what happens next go round. I'm excited to see if Jimmy can come back with a little fire under his behind and, and try to seek some vengeance from the champ. I, I agree there. Uh, the big thing to mention there was Jimmy had won the previous year, and I would guess our times were flipped. Uh, he had the faster time at 138, which I ended up getting this year, and I had about a 139.40, uh, which he had this year. So it just yep. kind of flip-flopped. Will he be able to, you know, cut a second off, or or will the trend continue upward? We'll a just second, have to wait and see. A second is more than anybody knows in that hood mile. Yes. Uh, like, you're talking, you know, you were asking me after, can I shave off? three seconds five seconds i don't even know if i can shave off one i'll tell you, know, you what you just don't know i looked at the tapes uh my route running capabilities not the best i think i can cut really? some seconds off just with some uh some good map work of the course okay so I, that, that, that may be what it comes down to geographically how you attack the course i learned i learned a thing or two from the tapes from uh my my competitor jimmy he looked like he ran a much tighter line on the yep. home stretch, and I was coming right down the middle of the road. So that can save me I anywhere from a half second to a, a full second, I think. Yeah. So we right shall on. see. We got the best weather we've ever gotten, low smog uh, visibility, <laughs> and the, the overall temperature. Because people were hot. You want to talk about hacking. There were some folks hacking. Yeah. Was smog a factor in the lungs? No, it was very low, very low. Winter is when you get a little higher smog variant, and yeah. you know people are actually pumping heat in their house. So we'll see. We'll see when if we run it again. Maybe come March or April. Oh boy, a spring one. We've never done a spring one. It's usually during football season. Else. But we'll we'll see. We'll move on to woman of the week. You got one? No, I don't have any. I don't. I don't. I, I thought that I would get one, and I just you put me on the spot. 
if I was to, if I was to have one, okay, it would be. I don't know what it would be. I got one. All right. I got Maya Rudolph for her impersonation of Kamala Harris on multiple oh, occasions I heard, on SNL. I did hear good things. Uh, originally from back at like the Democratic primary debates when she was doing her. She would call herself the fun aunt or the fun, which obviously is a pretty hilarious use yeah. of the word. Yeah. And yeah, the impersonations in general, I just die laughing at. But she does one of the best along with Kate McKinnon when Kate McKinnon was doing Elizabeth Warren. I thought they were both spot. On. That's a that's a damn good one as well. Yeah, yeah. I haven't I haven't watched. I heard it was from you and from Lee and from a few other folks that it was definitely one to watch so i'll have to check it out on youtube or something it wasn't my favorite one of their political debates i think the i'm gonna get critical here but i think like the joke writing was pretty weak i guess you could say okay but they did definitely push the precipice on what they could and could not tell a joke on and yeah. i i that's always well, we like to see though right that's what you that's want the, from entertainment for. yeah, yeah. So. Well, that's all we got for you this week. I will wrap it up with a quote coming from Andre Agassi this week, the former tennis great. Okay. He says, what makes something special is not just what you have to gain, but what you have to feel there is to lose. Wow. We'll always sign off the same way as we always do. Playing us out. Pat from last year. He won another contest this week. Congratulations. Go link up to his SoundCloud. Go listen to anything he's got on Spotify. Play us out, Pat. What's for lunch? T-double-B-L-C. Stay in your seat. What's for lunch today? Sazits. Brown bag, brown bag. The Brown Bag Lunch Group.